0: Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Say, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Turn to your second choice on the other side. Tell them, tell them I'm, I'm glad you're here too. Yeah. Well, my name is Marty, and uh, I look a lot like someone many of you are familiar with. Uh, I am uh, grateful to be uh, the younger brother of Pastor Andrew. And uh, we we have. A crazy family. I don't know if you realize this, like, but when the brothers get together, it's just nuts. And uh, uh, maybe you caught wind of this. I don't know what stories get told and what whatnot. But uh, it, we recently celebrated my parents' 50th anniversary, and uh, I think I got a picture of uh, uh, the the crew there. So so we're not really by our spouses, but like that, that's. Me and my, my, my brothers, and then my mom and dad, and then we're each, we each have one of those. Um, <laughs> and somehow, you pray for the three ladies, right? Like, hallelujah for them. But so you can go ahead and take that down. But, but this, we we trying to think, what do you do for your parents' 50th? And my parents have really just taken on a love of golf. And, and so it was like, well, let's go on a golf outing. Like, we're gonna go to Door County, I think it was Sheboygan. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna spend two days, we're gonna golf, we'll play some cards, it's gonna be amazing. The point of the trip, right? Celebrate mom and dad 50 years, eat amazing food and golf, right? The, the goal, mom and dad, food and golf, and I get there. At this Verbo that we rented, and Camille looks at me and she's like, "Wow, you guys, you guys got that in tucked in pretty easy. There's not much stuff in the back of your car." They were helping us unload, and she goes, "Where'd you put your clubs? Clubs? Oh, the golf clubs because we're gonna golf. Oh, I forgot those. Yes, didn't bring them. Jenny? Well, she doesn't own any. We were already planning on not having, having that. How how crazy is it? Like." There is a goal, and then we show up, and like, I just forgot the why, the purpose, the plan. No golf clubs. So uh, me and Jenny borrowed some women's clubs, and we. it was amazing. It was great. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what the purpose is of you? Like, what, what's the game plan? Why, what, what's God's objective? What's he hoping to get out of you? What is he hoping to see? Uh, and... and and what's crazy for me is I think there's lots of answers, so don't, don't think I'm going to reveal to you all of your life destinies and purposes and callings in this four hours and 49 minutes. We, no, no, that's I misread that in the minimal time we have together. But I think God, in all of his vast, amazing godness, recognizes that we're not going to fully understand all of the things that he understands. And so sometimes he words things in nature. In human terms. Like he's a divine spirit being. But he breaks it down to what I call the Marty level. Which is usually the, the C minus student level. Um, that, that's where my wheelhouse is. And, and so he'll, he'll paint pictures that we can relate to. Because we're living in the earth. And so he'll say your life is like a tree planted by a river, and it bears fruit in season, and you're like, I look nothing like, well, I guess I could be like a tree, be a tree planted by the water. That was how I memorized that verse growing up, Well, I want to be like a tree planted, but that's a different story. Um. <laughs> this tree concept comes up again and again in scripture, right? The Galatians, If you if you're familiar, there's this guy named Paul, and he's like, you're your life should bear fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. Jesus is basically saying, you're wanting to live life. That's great. But apart from me, it's really going to be meaningless. And so he, he goes back into this agricultural idea and he's like, I'm the vine, you're the branches. We got to connect. We got we to stay connected. And over and over again, you start to recognize that God's, God's using these stories to, to propel us towards this idea of my life should be, should be resembling that of creation which looks most alive. There's an angle of my life should look fruitful. And I, I share all of that with that being the goal. Let me go to today's passage. It's just four verses uh, out of... The book of Luke, chapter 13. I believe it will be behind me. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. Which would make sense, right? If a person's planting a tree and then he's like, I'm going to check on it. No, I'm going to check on it. He's like, is there fruit? Because like, I put it here because I want fruit. And so, so this is the story that Jesus is telling. And he was always disappointed. Finally he said to his gardener. I have waited three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down; it's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, "Sir, let it alone this year also, and I shall dig around it and dung it." Aren't you glad you came to church to hear that today? <laughs> I, I, I the. NLT, the ESV, the NIV, they all use the word fertilizer, but like the old King James, I shall dig around it and dung it. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. There's a tree with the purpose, the plan to bring the golf clubs. No, to bear fruit. That's the goal, but it's not doing it. It, It's every year. He comes and checks on it. Nothing. Checks on it. Nothing. He's like, that's it. Chop it down. And the gardener's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Give it one more year. And I want you to notice, like, he's not like, whoa, 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 one year. And then we'll just see what happens. No, no, no. One one more year and we're going. In, in, In that time, I will dig it and I will dung it. How many of you know what dung is? I think there's an emoji of this. Uh, it's in the Bible. The gardener's goal is whoa, 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 wait, I'm going to dig it and dung it. This tree has not produced for three years. It's in the same rut, having the same thing over and over and over. And I'm going to dig it and I'm going to dung it. For 11 years, uh, Jenny and I, we've been doing something with our children. We have four children. Uh, they're not here. Usually when I mention their names, they all get five bucks in a sermon. Do you guys have that? Lock and load. <laughs> Everett? Elsa? I'm going to give you each five bucks. I've just said your names, all right? You just got mentioned. That. I mean, being a pastor's kid is brutal. It's brutal. My kids are in every sermon. They're just raking in the money, all right? Uh, but I got, I got four, uh, Toby, Lydia, Blythe, Sophie, and when, when Toby was getting ready to go into kindergarten, I, I had this, like, I have failed as a parent. Like, there's so many things I wanted to teach him before he goes into school where they will teach him things, and I will no longer be the number one influence in his life. And so right before he goes to kindergarten, I said, Jenny, I, I want to do something extra special for Toby before he goes. She goes, what? I go, I don't know. She goes, well, when are you going to do it? I don't know. Okay, so what's the point? I don't know. And I was like having this breakdown. And I, I stumbled on this idea of what if we did a back to school adventure before every school year? And so for the elementary years, like so I took Toby canoeing. You might be a normal canoeer. I can't swim. Ezra, five bucks. Just mention your name. I need you near me because I can't swim still to this day. But so my wife made me wear a life jacket, and Toby wear two, and we canoed down the Des Moines River, and we're canoeing down the river, and, and uh, I, I, would, I would try to give him all this sage advice. I'm like, notice, if we go this, we go this direction, and we do this, we go this direction, and there would be like this uh, plot of land called an island, and you know, I'm like, we could go to the left, or we could go to the right, and he's like, well, let's go to the left. I'm like, okay, this is your decision, and I said, in the kindergarten, you're going to have a lot of decisions. Do I go with this friend or that friend? And I'm like cranking through all this, and, and I'm like, does that make sense, Toby? Your decisions are really going to matter? And he goes, look, they had a stick. <laughs> Pulls a stick out of the water. Later, he finds a rock. He's all excited. Comes running to his mom after the canoe trip. I got a stick and a rock. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? But there they were on his dresser, and uh, and so every year, we've just started doing back-to-school adventures with our kids. Uh, one year, we, we, we have them run a 5K and, uh, uh, to teach them perseverance. Um, one year, we, we took them to a, a, a worship concert. Um, and each kid gets their own adventure, and, and we, 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 we tie in a lesson, and they forget the lesson. And then every year, we remind them of all the lessons they've had. And hopefully, someday, they'll remember one of them, maybe. Um, and, and so here, here I am. Sophie is going into her Fifth grade year last year, and uh, and so it's her last back to school adventure. It's our last back to school adventure we're going to do. And when they go into fifth grade, we have them plant something in our yard, and I teach them about prayer. All right, and so uh, two weeks ago, Sophie and I were talking about her back to school fifth grade adventure before she goes to sixth grade, and it never happened, you know. And so here I am, I'm a year behind, and uh. And, I, and she picks out this tree to plant in our yard, and so I call my buddy Steve, who who knows tree things, and I'm like, Steve, like, what do I need to know? And he's just like, Well, is it is it even grow in our hemisphere? Like, is that? A, and I'm like, I, I don't know. And he's like, Does it need a lot of moisture? Or I'm um, like, I don't know. And he's like, Is it a shade tree? Or or does it need full sun? I I don't know. He starts asking me all these questions, and and he's getting at this idea, like. You you really should put a tree where it's going to grow. It's good, isn't it? Aren't you glad you came to church today? And, 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 And I share this because I want to go back to the story. The owner planted the tree in the garden with the expectation that it's in the right spot to grow. And I wonder how many of us, we are... Uh, this owner, he's looking for this tree to bloom. He's like, this is the ideal conditions. This is, and he goes back, nothing. Goes back, nothing. Goes back, nothing. And I wonder, if we flip the script a little bit, does God show up at your life? And he's like, you're planted in the spot that I had thought he could think through any scenario, where you could be born, where you could live, when you could live, and he's like, this is the best spot. The ideal timing, this this is where you will bloom. This is where you can bear fruit, and he's checking on you, and what's he seeing? Now, when we talk about the soil, like most of t- the times in scripture, soil is referring to the condition of your heart. I don't know if you heard Jesus talking about the parable of the sower and he throws the seed and there's different conditions of the heart. And, 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 and that, that's true. Sometimes though, Scripture says something and it's different than what it said somewhere else. And this would be one of those conditions because the soil doesn't represent your heart. It represents your circumstances. And God has put you in certain circumstances saying, and that's where I think you can bloom. That's where I think you can have life. That's where I think you can thrive. And I wonder how many times he shows up and he's like, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And Marty's response is, well, have you looked around? And what's going on? How do you expect me? to bear fruit, to be full of life, to look healthy in light of all of what's going on in my life right now. My circumstances are pretty rough. And yet I forget that he put me in the place where he knew I could grow. And the owner kept coming back year after year. So so God's the owner, we are the tree. And what's crazy is he allows us to go through pain. He allows us to go through problems. He allows circumstances and adversities to show up in our life. And then he's still thinking that we will thrive. And he comes and checks on us. And and what he's not expecting is whining. The owner, when he checked on the tree, he wasn't expecting complaining. He wasn't expecting to be dried up and puny. A little weak tree. Barely hanging on to its faith. Roots are alive, but there's no fruit. No, he was expecting there to be life. And so I wonder if you can put yourself in this situation where God would show up. And is there an area in your life where year after year, God keeps showing up and he's just like, we're still dealing with this bad attitude? God shows up and he's like, we're still trying to navigate some marriage things? You're still blaming everyone for what's wrong? Many of us, we'd be like, well, you don't understand my family. This is my family. And I just wonder if God comes back and he's like, no, 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 no. I put you in that family. That wasn't meant to destroy you. That was meant to make you strong. You were supposed to rise up out of that. I've been a pastor for uh, a number of years now, and I cannot tell you how many times I've come across people who are facing the exact same situation but deal with it completely different. Yes, every situation is different, but a family member loses a family member, someone they love, and their faith withers away and someone else's thrives. They go through a divorce, and the one says, I reject you, God, this is too painful, and the other one says, God, I'm clinging to you now more than ever. There's an illness in the family, and someone's just says, well, what do we do now? It's hopeless, and someone says, God is still at work in this situation, you, I, don't, I don't know what your situation is, but I can find evidence on two fronts one that leans in and one that checks out. And so, got the God of the universe who shows up to you in your life in whatever your circumstances are, and he's like, So, how's the fruit? How's the life? How's it going? Because God has this desire for you to bear fruit. And bearing fruit is, is what, you, what you share with others, what you, what you give to others. And he doesn't see it, and so he goes, let's cut it down. And I love, like, what, what ends up happening is this gardener steps up. I wonder if some of you feel like it's too late. It's time to quit. It's just, it's just dark and dreary and hopeless. And this gardener comes in to confront the enemy that would lie to you that says it's not worth persevering. It's not worth hanging in there. It's not worth pressing on. And, and the gardener comes up and he puts himself between the owner who's like, I think it's time to chop the tree down and the tree that's withering and not looking good. And, and he goes, oh, we're gonna give it one more year. How many of you know the gardener represents Jesus and Jesus is standing between you and the Lord? And he's like, I see something here still. There, let's give it one more year. If you got anger, owner, take it out on me. If you're mad at the tree, take it out on the gardener. And Jesus puts himself in the gap. He puts himself in between what should happen to the tree. And and, and, and I, I love this. He's He's begging on behalf of the tree. Have you ever thought God... God's looking at you, and he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm I'm not trying to put shame on you. I need that picture, though, because I need you to see. And Jesus is like, oh, just wait. There's more in them. There's more in them. There's something coming. I'm excited about them. Jesus said, let's not quit. Jesus said, give it one more year. And when the one more year, here's the two things Jesus is going to do with you. He's going to dig you, and he's going to dung you. Come on, amen, somebody. That's the game plan? We, he's like, we should chop it down. He's like, no, 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 no. First, let me dig all around it and dung it. That's the goal. This is what we're signing up for. Oh. So, my first question is what does digging you look like? What does digging you look like? Now, I'm from Minnesota, and I went to a lot of Lutheran schools and junior colleges and things, and there's Norwegian uh, jokes up there around these guys, Sven and Oli. And uh, I must apologize in advance. My, most of my, my, my Norwegian accents sound either German or Australian. So, uh, but Sven and Oli, if you don't know who they are, they're, uh, they're a couple of guys that aren't too bright, you know, and they're, they're, they're just not that intelligent. And, uh, and so there's a lot of Sven and Oli jokes and stories, and so I thought I would share one with the Celebrate people here today. So Sven and Lars work for the city. And there's Sven. He's digging a hole, digging a hole, digging a hole, digging a hole. And Lars is right by him. And as soon as he's done digging, he just throws the dirt in as fast as he can. And they move a little bit. And Dig, 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 dig. And Lars throws throws. And they go the whole side of the street. There's this onlooker. He's like, what in the world are these clowns doing? They get done with the end of that street. They run across the other street. And there's Sven. Lars. Bam, 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 bam. And they work their whole way back the other way. Finally, this guy's like, I got it. What in the world? He goes up and he says, hey, Hey, what? I admire your hard work. This is amazing. I can't believe, but like, what are you doing? And Sven says, oh yeah, it does look odd, doesn't it? Ole's sick today. Usually he's the one who puts the tree in. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like it was the right time to tell that story. What does digging you look like? What I, I've noticed is digging Digging is this thing that softens. Now, if we move to our heart, uh, uh, Jesus said sometimes our heart gets hard. Uh, there's rocks in it. And so digging would be, would be this idea of softening you, breaking up the ground around so that the roots can sink in deeper. Uh, about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, we were doing some yard work and we had this pine tree that just like was overgrown and all these things. And so it, it took numerous hours for four of us. And we're just pulling the weeds out. And at one point, I'm like, look into this big pine tree. And there's like the vine kind of circling around up, snaking in. And I, I, I grab this hoe and I'm like kind of weaseling in getting all scratched up and stuff. And, and I'm trying to pull it down off the branches and breaking it off on the top. Why? Why? Because if left unattended to, that thing would choke the pine tree, and I wonder if sometimes what we need to imagine is what would what would it look like for God to to or for Christ for, to to start working the ground of uh, around us. What, what if he got inside and said, "You know what?" This habit you have right now, this, this, it's, it's not sin, but it's, it's distracting you. It's taking, it's taking too much mental energy, and he just starts kind of digging around, poking at some things that are keeping you from being fully alive. I wonder what digging you would look like. Maybe it has something to do with the amount of time you're on a screen, or maybe it has something to do with where you're spending some of your finances. I don't, I don't know, but I, for, 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 for you, I want you to kind of imagine, like, what would be the things where you would be like, you know what, this isn't helping you grow. And this isn't helping you grow. And he starts, he starts poking around and, 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 and moving stuff, or the dirt around, loosening it up so that you might grow better. Jesus, the gardener, says, you know what? Leave it alone for your, if For one year. I want to just mess with it. What would it look like for one year? This is something we say at the Bridge Church all the time. That, I'm a pastor at a church in Natoma. I'm not just a brother. I mean, I am a brother, but and I love you. But one of the things we say all the time is, Give the Bridge Church one year. And whatever they're doing, be a part of it. And if God doesn't change your life then, go find another church or go try something else. But I promise you, if you just commit for one year, you're going to see something happen. I know that's true and celebrate. Some of you have been, been, been maybe attending but not getting involved. I'm saying like, get involved. Because not only is there an aspect of Jesus digging you, but you can dig into him. And you can you can. You can Join a, a small group. You can, you can join a, tr- a, a team. You can, you, can, you can be a part of reading scripture every morning. You can work in worship. There's, there's ways where you can dig into the word, dig into prayer. So there's a digging aspect that happens because Christ wants to work with you. What would it look like for you to say, God, what would you dig up in me that's keeping me from you? I'm, I'm, if we're gonna meet for 24 more hours, minutes, I wouldn't want, I don't want to just waste this time. Think through, how would you apply this? What's the one thing Jesus might be like, you know what? This is keeping you from growing. I want to dig it up. This is something that's holding you back. Or what's the one thing you're like, you know what would actually help me grow? Is if I had a little bit more of time in the Word. Or so it's either one thing you need to remove or one thing you need to add. Dig deep for one year. Trying to help you apply this story. And the second thing is, what does dunging you look like? I thank it. It's crazy. Full disclosure. It's been the hardest year of my life. My wife and I, we are, we're, we're facing a challenge that we are not equipped to, and I, I wish I could share more, and some of you are like, oh, I'm sure it's, a... one time I remember sharing about me and my wife fighting about how to make hot dogs, and um, we were brand new married peoples, and I uh, and, uh, We had this fight, and so I was sharing about how you know spouses fight sometimes from stage, and someone goes, "You talk about fighting about hot dogs. We're we're like punching each other and swearing. I can't relate to you." I was like, "Oh my goodness! All right, yes, you can't like that's different than a hot dog fight. I I agree." Um, And so I I just want to say, everyone's dealing with something, and the severity might look different, but whatever you're facing, it's real, right? And the circumstances, and, and I, I want to just kind of this put, like, it is hard. And what I, I'm trying to figure out is how many times in here this is my Bible. Um, God uses horrible things to set up a miracle. It's weird that God has a history of using what is the worst thing and having it be miracle Grow. I wonder if you could picture the person or thing that is the greatest offense to you right now. And what if that thing that, let's just say it stinks, it's the dung, it's the smelly thing. And what if God could leverage that circumstance, that person, that reality to help you grow closer to God? It might not help you in this, but this is helping you with your relationship with God. God allows hardships to come. I'm I'm just telling you, hard stuff's coming. Either you're in something hard, you just got out of something hard, or I'm glad you're at church today, you're headed towards something hard. But hard stuff is a part of life. Jesus was clear on that. And so sooner or later, things will stink. Your relationships will stink. Your marriage could stink. Your job could stink. Your finances stink can smell some of yours from here. Uh, That's teasing. And what I see over and over again, that God doesn't waste a stinky opportunity. He he actually allows dung to show up in our life to go. That's going to help you grow. Does that make any sense to anyone? I know what will help you grow. More hardship. More hard things. And yet God has this upside-down kingdom where what doesn't make sense makes sense to him. And so I I just got a question. How many of you feel like God has been digging you or dunging you lately? That should be an encouragement. There's three options in the story. The first is the tree bears fruit. And the best way to keep a tree bearing fruit is to continue digging it and dunging it. The second option is the tree is not bearing fruit. And so what do you do to help it bear fruit? You dig it and you dung it. And the third option in the story is you just cut down the tree. Now, if you had your option, I don't think many of us are like, I'd take number three. So the other options on the table are you get dug and dunged. And, and, and I want to I just kind of say how, how important this is. In Philippians, there's this... Guy Paul again and he he's he's talking about all the things he's doing. He's like first in his class. He's back to school. He's he's talking about his accolades and zeal and how he's pursued everything God has called him to pursue. He's mighty for the, m- mighty for all of the activity. But he's like all of those activities fall short. In fact, he says Indeed, I count everything that I've ever achieved, everything I've ever possessed, everything I've ever earned, everything I've ever done as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as dung that I may gain Christ. I I, want to bring us back. The idea here is that we would be a tree... It's full of life. And in life, I know for me, I have pursued all these other things that have actually drained me of life. Left me feeling like I'm lacking in nourishment. Lacking in producing fruit. And Paul says, we need to just push all the other stuff away and say like, no, 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 no. That's garbage. That's worthless. And compared to knowing you. For me, I was I've been digging into the scripture in this passage, uh, mind it again and again. One of my kids is pretty sick. Like pretty sick. And we're talking to doctors and we're doing all those things. Can't figure it out. Been miserable horrible year and I'm like God I'm trying so hard and he's like I didn't ask you to try so I just want you to cling to me and so I just see Jesus just digging around me digging around me digging around me I'm so tempted to say, why can't I be planted over there? Or over there. God's like, no, 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 no. If I plant you here, I can use you in a way that I couldn't use you over there. i thought through all of the circumstances, and this is where I need you to plant. This is where I need you to thrive. So over and over and over and over again. I just surrender it to the Lord and, and instead of starting, I mean, I, I'm just I'm human, I apologize, but like I'm just complaining all the time. Like, why? Why? I mean, give me something, God. I gotta tell you, it's not anything. And then and, uh, and the script changed. So I got into this story. So I got understanding a little bit of like God's using this what I let him. The story of Jesus' friend Lazarus dies and word gets to Jesus and he and his disciples, they took the long route. They get there not on time. He's already in the tomb. And uh Martha's there, and he's like, "Is it going to be okay?" He's like, "We're going to roll the stone away." And Martha, she's super practical. She's just like, "But Lord, this is the King James version. He stinketh. <laughs> he's been in the tomb for a few days. That body stinks." And uh, Jesus, says, move the stone, anyways. And the thing that stunk, or was supposed to stink, is the miracle that walks out of the tomb. And I'm telling you, I've never fought harder to believe whatever's whatever's going on, there's still a miracle on the horizon and i have seen time and time again where god has put my wife and i in situations where we have been able to be a blessing of encouragement because of the way we can relate to what they're going through and i want to let you know i don't know why you are in what you're in but god wants to use it he doesn't want you to go bitter he wants you to get better because of it he wants you to believe more because of him and so what your challenge is in your marriage recognize that you can either just sit and have 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 god kind of how's it going how's it going or you can be like you know what we need to get to work on this thing it's not working out I don't know what you need to work on but don't leave here the same have a mindset of like I gotta I gotta do something so I can thrive again and all all the world will say no 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 blame your circumstances blame your reality blame your hardships blame and just sit it out people you owe it for people to come and take care of you and and, and I think God's saying like I sent you already the caretaker his name is Jesus you lean into him You lean into his strength. You lean into his power. You lean into his hope. You lean into the resurrection. You lean into it's not over yet. You lean into that you have a community around you. You lean into this idea that God is paving a way forward. I don't know who this message is for. Probably two of you. But what if one year, check back in on you. You were thriving. Full of life again. Hey, could you all stand? I want to pray for us. Lord, you are our anchor. You are our hope. You are the one and only source of life. And I pray right now, in our hearts and our minds, we would just start to imagine and picture those things that are keeping us from fully knowing you, those things that are entangling our, our walk with you, and you would, you, would, you would send the Spirit of Jesus to start to alert us and remove things. I want to I ask that some of you, you just give God permission to dig up some stuff so that you could have a more full life. Ask God to, to dig some things. So, you might become stronger in your faith, not stronger in the world. Ask God to dig some things so you cling to Him more, not try to do life on your own. I pray that God would give those of you who are in stinky situations, circumstances of, of hardship, that God would, God would allow you to see that that's actually going to be the fertilizer for a future if you're going through something super hard right now I believe that's God entrusting you with something even bigger down the road so I'm believing for you and praying for you that you would not shortcut or cut off the process that God wants to do to mature you and develop you because ultimately he wants to use you to be a kingdom agent, one who helps others Know you. I want to pray for all the all the grandparents, all those who have grandchildren, all those who have grandchildren, great grandchildren. You are the prayer warriors of the church, because the church is going to be handed to another generation. And I pray that you would steward intercession, steward prayers, steward blessings on the young ones of Celebrate Church. And you would pray over your family tree, but you would pray over the church's family tree. And that there would be an an uprising of greater strength and faith in the young people in Knoxville. That your prayers would pave the way Just pray that there would be more prayer out of the senior saints of Celebrate Church. God, we love you. We surrender to you. Amen.